welcome to Feminists Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us, all the things. It helps other people find us. And we always welcome feedback or communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Insta. You can support us on Ko-fi, K-O-F-I, buy us a coffee, which really just goes towards our um, <laughs> software and shit like that. But, um, <laughs> It's cute to be like, it's for coffee. <laughs> yeah, we're like, it's, it's for really, Yeah. <laughs> um, anywho, featuring a positive <laughs> review that someone wrote that we like. Uh, this is from Nerdzilla138. Cute. Not what you're thinking. It's not stuffy or boring. I don't know why you thought that. It's not stuffy or boring, super regimented or dry. I felt while I was listening like I was sitting down to cocktails with some gal pals to just commiserate and vent about life and the crazy stuff happening around us. If you like to sit crooked and talk straight, you'll enjoy it. (laughs) That was cute. Thanks, Nerdzilla. Thanks. We love that. We love that vibe. We do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Another week in... uh the United States. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yowie. Well, lots of stuff to get to. Um, you know, the most prominent is how just we will talk about the most recent, um, very credible head on attack uh, challenge to Rove versus Wade. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, I will just say I when I was doing a little more research on it um, and listening to a podcast, someone else talking about it earlier today, um, I was stress eating like no other. I had an entire ball of mozzarella cheese with pesto. <laughs> yes, I love that vibe for you. Actually, I probably had the equivalent of a mozzarella ball. I had a caprese sandwich and it was like thick mozz. Yum. Mm. Yeah. Moment yeah. for mozz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pour one out for mozz. Uh, it really helps get us through some of these tough times. Um, well, there were a lot of things this week too, like in addition to the direct challenge to Roe, which is going to probably, you know, which we'll get to, there were other distressing things. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's been a We See You, she's already probably like Hall of Famer for our We See You. Like her and Mitch McConnell, <laughs> chair of the throne. Ew. They do. Ew. Um, yeah. So I, instead of making her a We See You, really just off the bat, she made like some really vile, ignorant comments that, again, she's always just like, she's really guarding that throne of ignorance, um, uh, comparing the vaccine distribution effort to the Holocaust, uh, and like the stars of David. It's just, um, ignorance on a level that is hard to, um, combat because it's just, she already has a loyal following of people. Every time she says something like this, kind of like Trump, it generates a news cycle. Um, this one, though, was so bad that even Ben Shapiro uh, said uh, in in 
um, response to her tweet. He said, this is demented nonsense. Uh, it is nothing like the Holocaust and any comparison thereto is both insulting and insane, which is crazy to find ourselves like in full agreement with Ben Shapiro. Like you said before, if you're, if you are eliciting that response from Ben Shapiro, um, then what you've said is truly wild. <laughs> yeah. You're not just in the wrong lane. You're, you're off the course. You're in the woods. You're in a ravine. You need to, you need to get back on track. Not that she ever was on track. No, not that she ever was. She's so she's, she's awful. And, um, there are at least three people who are running against her for next, for the 2022 cycle. And I would just encourage everyone to go check them out. Um, and throw whoever sounds best to you um some money um there's a woman there are i I think it's a woman and two guys there's marcus for georgia a proud army veteran patriot georgia democrat running for congress to replace marjorie taylor green he is at marcus for georgia on twitter there's holly for congress um, she is a dirt road Democrat running against Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, a band mom, small business owner, and actually from North, Northwest Georgia, she says. So at Holly underscore for Congress for with a for the number. And then Latifa for Georgia for Georgia. She is a wife, mother, businesswoman, Georgian, Democratic candidate to unseat Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she is at Latifa, L-A-T-E-E-F-A-H for the let- the number four, Georgia, G-A. So just, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to take my frustrations with Marjorie Taylor Greene and with all these people and here's the goal for like this year for me, at least sanity wise. Um, and if it seems like we aren't ragging on every single news item as much, at least for me, the strategy is like recenter myself, get ready for tough fights that are going to have to happen for the midterms. And for 2024, there's going to be so much work that we have to do that I need to sort of like, be like restoring my own sort of soul this year and trying to work on myself and like get some exercise and try to focus on career stuff and just try not to get so mired down in every Marjorie Taylor Greene quote and every little thing that's coming out about like how the Mueller, you know, the, the Mueller team really flubbed their, their investigation, the more that comes out about that, the more it's like, oh, lots of missteps. It's like, that's really like, that's in the past. It's not going to do any good for me right at this moment. <laughs> yeah. It's, we, we, we see all that she is doing. We hate her and we will do what we can to um, get her out of there. Yeah. But she says we're right. just something awful every fucking day. And it's all, it's all the same vibe. Yeah. It's all a big, you know, <laughs> racist, anti-Semitic, anti-everything that isn't like, I don't know, white Baptist, just pile of, of garbage. Um, that's her brand. And she's very, she sticks with it. And it's like, I feel like Ann Coulter she has shitty opinions, like such shitty opinions, but she also likes to just like get a rise out of people. And I feel like Marjorie so deeply believes in all of the trash she says. Like she's not just trying to get a rise. She loves it. I mean, she lives for like tormenting AOC. I mean, not really tormenting because AOC is like, okay. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> okay, honey. Yeah. But she just, I feel like she's just really, uh, she's really on one, man. And the fact that she is holding an elected office is so terrifying so terrifying every day 
that she has an office is, is, is a terrifying day. It's a problem. And there are, you know, everyone in the Republican Party that isn't speaking out against her and refuting things that she's repudiating her and everything she says um, contributes to, I think, the hopelessness that I feel. And um, that would be everyone from the um, minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, to Trump apologist and, you know, Mr. Quote unquote, moderate, everyone's social studies teacher, Ben Sass. Um, I fucking hate him because he'll say that Marjorie Taylor Greene is like kookier than a Cocoa Puff or something. He has some like, she's kookier. It's just like you, you say that to donors in Nebraska, but you're not out there ever like really repudiating her or, or pushing your colleagues to, um, censor her or censure her or get her out of, or like expel her, which is really the only appropriate thing at this point. Um, Paul Krugman wrote, um, an op-ed in the New York times recently called the banality of, uh, democratic collapse. And I'm sure he's, he was probably referencing, um, the Hannah Arendt um, piece called The Banality of Evil, where she talked about the Holocaust and I think how essentially like evil is stoked through banal bureaucracy. People can just like push the responsibility or the blame on other people. And suddenly it's not only bystanders, but it's just people who are um, claiming that they were just following orders, didn't have the authority, like all of these things that hum- like humans do to justify atrocities. Um But I would just encourage people to read his um, piece because it talks about the democratic experiment may well be nearing to its end. He says it's not hyperbolic, um, but it's it's um, it's how cowards in the Republican Party um, and in kind of like corporate America and people who claim to be moderate, how they have allowed these crazy people like Marjorie Taylor Greene to to dominate the 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 conversation, the narrative, policy um, policy proposals, um, the GOP like entire platform is like dragged into the mud behind like through the mud behind Trump and Marjorie Taylor Greene, and no one no one in any real way in any real capacity is speaking up. Yes, there was that like oh a hundred like prominent GOPers said like, we might form our own party behind Liz Cheney. And it's like, okay, that was like a whisper and I'll believe it when I see it, you know, where is the party? Come out and do it. Um, so anyway, this is just like, we just have to take all of these things seriously. The big lie, the voters that's being used to justify all these different voter suppression efforts and Arizona recounts that are like fucking absurd. You know, so ridiculous those fucking recounts. Yeah. So it's just it's it's just a lot. There's a lot to be paying attention to. And um <laughs> I hate it. Marjorie Taylor Green is just she's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> she's awful. Those Arizona recounts where they were like, ah, uh, there's like a secret message if you put it up to like blue light or black light or whatever. Oh, and they yeah. started like doing it to the, all the ballots and then found nothing. I'm like, oh, I guess I guess not. They thought like oh, Trump God. was sending messages that there's a hidden thing and you can no y'all what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing i just just. the election happened biden won trump lost let's just move on and put trump in jail before the next election 
Right. Imagine. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, a piece of good news or hopeful news. Again, trying not to get my hopes up, and yet there they are, just like floating off into the into space. Is um, that the New York Attorney General um, uh, Letitia James is confirmed that she's investigating Trump, um, his, the Trump Organization, quote, in a criminal capacity. So. <laughs> Naughty boy. I think just before we recorded, I saw that there was a grand jury that convened to review um, materials. So, again, trying not to be awful. Oh, God. I just... mm. I can't... I would never wish for another human's demise, but there were some thoughts I thought when... I mean, that's not, there were some thoughts I thought when he had COVID and it wasn't looking great. And I just feel like, but I remember at the time, like even saying like, you know what, but I want him to face consequences for his actions. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want him to just die and, you know, be out of here. I want him to like face the consequences. So the idea, it makes me tingled, tingle thinking that, <laughs> oh, he could just, he could face consequences when his whole life, he hasn't really had any consequences. And he's fucked over so many people, yeah. lives, caused people to die. And, and what if, what if, what if there was justice for him? Oh, I know. Beautiful thoughts. Oh, mm. it's so beautiful. It's yes. funny you said that too. My, um, I was texting a, f- a friend who said, um, uh, uh, we were texting about horrible judges, you know, as one does. And um, I said, so many bad Trump judges, it freaks me out and wish I wasn't also rooting for the demise of Mitch McConnell. Um, but like, I just have super dark thoughts about that man. Um, and she said, she's never been more aware of that side of herself than when Trump was hospitalized for COVID in the fall. So I really think it's a popular reckoning we all went through with the, uh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> How do I feel about this in a real way? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, ethically, his his life cost cost a lot of other people their lives. You know. Yeah, Um, it's a conundrum. Anyway, he he recovered from COVID because he had access to all of the things that other people didn't have access to. Yeah. Now he's just shitting about, going to (laughs) Mar-a-Lago, going on fucking rants, like. Still not on Twitch with um, the fucking Florida is gonna. Do you see what they're doing with like? They're gonna fine social media platforms that like ban political figures like Trump. Oh yeah, Gosh, like ugh, yeah. That's all. Oh my goodness. But anyway, yes. We hope that he um, goes to jail. I just want to see his little his little face when they say guilty. Yeah. Ooh. 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 <laughs> yeah. Just that. Just that. <laughs> Mm. guilty take him away yes bailiff bailiff <laughs> really getting dun, dun. into it need <laughs> <laughs> mm, to change my pants <laughs> in the criminal justice system trump based offenses are Trump-based particularly defense. heinous <laughs> although i could never get off to it because i'd have to picture him doing something and yeah. picturing Trump in any situation immediately makes my vagina clamp shut. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would anyway. <laughs> so I wouldn't actually be aroused um, if I really thought about it because I'd like picture him in a jumpsuit and I was like, Ugh, I don't want that. But yeah. I do want that. I just don't like want it. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> also, didn't Stormy Daniels like she described mm. his 
nether region. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like an appealing description. And his like no. sexual, like I think he just kind of like hump, like thrusted a few times, and like that just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it makes me sad. It makes me sad. <laughs> I feel things. I hope Stormy's doing well. I haven't heard from. Her. I haven't heard from her in a while. <laughs> I hope she's doing well. Um. Oh, one more thing to hit in terms of uh, people who are pissing me the fuck off. Um, Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin, the world's worst moderate Democrats, um, released a joint statement saying they, quote, implore their Republican colleagues to work with them on establishing a January 6th commission. LOL. I am tired, not only just like, I'll try to keep this succinct. I'm just tired of these two fuckwits living in the world that they wish was reality instead of living in the actual world that we live in, where Mitch McConnell has just openly said his whole thing is opposing, opposing, opposing. He doesn't care about working together. So, and then even though this was a bipartisan on on the house, which is almost as partisan as the Senate, like 30 Republicans voted with all the Democrats to establish a January 6th commission, but bring it over to the, Ooh, the cooling saucer, the Senate. Oh, where debate, Mm. it's a great deliberative body. And they're Mm. just like, no, it's like you guys were literally under physical attack by a group of, by a mob that was stoked by the president and we're not in and and four police officers died. Are we not, we're not interested in, I thought about, I thought about blue lives matter back the blue, all this bullshit. No one, no one actually cares when it comes down to action. So anyway, Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin, you're obnoxious. You're on my last, you were on my last nerve like months ago and just join us. Welcome to the end of May 2021, where you actually have power to change laws. We worked hard to make it that way. So fucking get your ass up and do something. God. Do <laughs> things, please. God, all that. And we're not even to our main topic. Oh, but it's a real... <laughs> Real, real rough one too. Real fucking humdinger. Something we've been worried about for years and years and years. We've relayed our concerns, and so many people were like, "Yeah, we never lose the right to abortion in America." It's settled mm. law. Oh, it's precedent. Is that? <laughs> we don't know. Um, so uh, the Supreme Court has granted review in Dobbs versus Jackson uh, Women's Health Organization, um, which is basically a challenge to the Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. Um, it's a standard that it's sort of like a direct challenge to the core holding of Roe v. Wade. Um, and we've been talking as I just kind of alluded to about our, our fears with, with Roe v. <laughs> Wade um, with, you know, we have the six, three, uh, six conservative judges on the Supreme court, including Amy Coney Barrett, who <laughs> gives me real, um, real vibes, real Serena <laughs> vibes. <laughs> yes. Real Serena vibes. Um, 
and there won't be a ruling until probably spring or summer 22. I'm thinking about the 2022 midterms, but there's already like bunches of states that um, have basically if if Roe v. Wade is overturned in those states, at least a dozen um, abortion will become illegal there. There are states that would like Texas would put um, put into effect. Well, Texas already put into effect a heartbeat bell where basically you can't have an abortion before or after six weeks um which is when you're six weeks pregnant it means the way pregnancy is calculated it basically means you got like you're two weeks in like you missed your period uh, you're two weeks late mm-hmm. when you're six weeks pregnant um which is before a lot of people know um that they're pregnant so it's a quite a, a fucked up thing. And they also, in Texas, this part, I'm like, what? I mean, the whole thing is what? But they want to make it um, basically illegal to, quote unquote, aid or abet the performance or inducement of an abortion uh, after six weeks. Um, and that if anyone even intends to aid or abet such an abortion, you know, they're they're punishable. Um, and anyone can sue the alleged accomplice in Texas state court. Um, and then there's a minimum of $10,000 for each abortion, quote unquote, abetted. Um, and this can be like literally any human that like, so if you're in that position in Texas where you're pregnant and you want to have an abortion, um, and you tell anybody you have to be, you'll be afraid that that person could be you know, charged with aiding and abetting you basically. So it also just kind of makes you not able to talk to people about it. Um, Mm -hmm. not able to seek support. Um, and just back to the like heartbeat bill situation. Um, this, this like this fucking idea, this like heartbeat bill. I mean, you can have, I mean, you look at people who, you know, have, um, are deemed like brain dead for instance they have heartbeats but they're not considered living anymore um even the there's a part of the bible uh that says that i think it's yeah that says that um basically that you are your soul kind of happens when you're born i'll have to find the uh, quote there i'm not a biblical scholar it's just i saw it and was like oh you're not that's interesting (laughs) um but yeah, there are a lot of places that have these trigger laws, which are laws that would go into effect 30 days after the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade if they do overturn it. Um, and they, uh, the one in Texas um, does not make exceptions for women who are pregnant as a result of incest in the case of severe or potentially lethal fetal abnormalities or women who face death or substantial impairment of major bodily function um, if an abortion is not performed. None of those would be excluded from the Texas ban. So literally, if you would die unless you got an abortion, they want it to be, you will die. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is bonkers. And the impact if Roe v. Wade is overturned, um, I mean, there's a lot of... (laughs) A lot of impacts. There are some states where it would still be legal, um, but 41% of women of childbearing age would see their nearest abortion clinic close. The average distance they would have to travel to reach one would be three, uh, 279 miles versus 35 miles now. Um, it's no matter what they do with Roe v. Wade, people are going to have abortions. It's just whether or not they're 
safe, um, but it's it's very clear that the the anti-choice crowd does not actually care about the health of the woman who's pregnant or really of the child once they're born, if they <laughs> become a child. They just have this fucking this need, this dog with bone to make these judgments about other women and other women's bodies. And if you don't want, if you don't believe in abortions, don't get an abortion. Just don't do it. We don't need to, we don't need to do this. It's going to be, it's going to be a fucking disaster if this gets overturned. And it's fucking, it's possible. It's very possible. Yeah. It's, um, I think a lot of, a lot of court watchers, a lot of politicians, a lot of, people who follow the law, um, and reproductive rights, uh, advocates, there's a, there's a, a lot of people think it's very likely this will be a direct rollback of a direct, um, repudiation. It will change Supreme court precedent, 40 years of Supreme court precedent. Um, shout out to Susan Collins who, uh, cast the deciding vote for Brett Kavanaugh because she was convinced that he, she believed him when, when he said he, he supported the precedent of Roe v. Wade. So shout out to her, like literally fucking every week until this, you know, she's going to be, I mean, honestly, one of the most loathsome. Okay. Don't go down that road, Maria. Um, but this is, this is a hair on fire moment for the whole movement. Um, this is what we have been worried about. These are, I mean, all of the tears when Kennedy announced his resi- uh, his um, retirement. And I mean, before that, when Obama was not able to, uh, when Mitch McConnell blocked Neil Gorsuch for months and months and months, um, I'm sorry, Merrick Garland and Neil, Neil, um, and Neil Gorsuch was able to be appointed. Um, and then Amy Coney Barrett, who is the final, um, the court is six, three conservative. So it's a super majority conservative court. Um, previously John Roberts, who is a conservative was narrowly tailoring any of his decisions that even approached reproductive health. Um, and in the hopes, I think that, he could keep things on an even keel. He didn't want to be, I think, the chief justice presiding over the re- the repeal and the rollback of of Roe v. Wade. And now it doesn't matter if he sides with um, the liberal justices. It's still very likely that it's going to be just fully overturned. Um, this is... This matters for everyone, even if you're someone who kind of like feels for women, but is not a woman or woman identifying. Um, If you think that conservative rights groups and this conservative court will stop once they've rolled back uh, a woman's right to an abortion to make her own healthcare decisions, you are mistaken. Um, Likely, once Roe is repealed, um, they'll go after other rights, other rights that might have to do with making um, with privacy rights, um, contraceptive choices. Uh, They will pick other issues and they will go at those issues like dog like a dog with a bone. So. This is. This is sort of 
the end game of the like creation of the Federalist Society in the 80s and this like decision by conservative activists to like the alt to make their sort of like litmus test for being a um, an acceptable conservative judge, like someone who is anti-choice. Um, but I really actually just to get into this Texas law that Governor Abbott signed um, for a second. Think about, so if Roe is rolled back and this law is allowed to stand and there's a lot, there's um, conservatives dominate the legislature in Texas um, and hold the governor's, you know, they, they hold the levers of power. The appeals court is conservative. All those levers are conservative. A, a private citizen can sue another private citizen with, by the way, an incentive that if they are successful in their lawsuit, they will get $10,000. And if they are not successful, they don't like they don't have to cover or legal fees for the person that was forced to defend themselves. And that person isn't able to recoup those legal fees. You are putting an insane burden on anyone in Texas who has ever advocated for um, reproductive health, for nurses, doctors, janitors who who work in these buildings, um, receptionists, like it is, it is punitive to the maximum. And it's, we already there. We've listened to interviews by the head of Narrow and the head of different um, local um, local women's health organizations that provide clinical care, and they talk about the constant bombardment of lawsuits and burdensome lawsuits that sometimes shut down the clinic. And it's all it's just whatever levers even if it's under false pretenses, people have, they're going to use. And so this, this law is, it is not, it's not only like, I'm sure it would be a full, full on ban, not just a six, six week ban, but to, to sort of like package it with all these other sort of horrendous behavioral incentives for, for, um, anti-choice groups to not, they, you know, they, they not only have their way, but that they are allowed to then um, just file lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit against private citizens um, who they ex- suspect, as you said, you know, using the language aiding and abetting makes it seem like it's a, cr- I mean, a criminal act. Um, this is enormously distressing. Um we should all be concerned about the language that's even allowed to be passed by these conservative, um, these conservative legislatures aiding and abetting. This is, you know, of course, because they have decided that they consider this murder, but it's, um, it's pretty dark. Yeah. It's, uh, it's quite, quite dark. And earlier I was trying to remember the number it's so 23 States, um, if the Supreme Court, you know, gets the federal courts out of the way and overturns Roe v. Wade, there are 23 states that have laws that could be used to restrict legal status um, of abortion. And there are some states that currently have unconstitutional laws that they can't enact. Um, most of them are red states, but some of them are, you know, purple states that 
Biden carried, but, you know, historically have, have gone the other way, like Arizona, Michigan, New Mexico, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So they have Democratic governors, but bringing it back to the 2022 midterm elections, mm-hmm. um, that could change in those states. And then, you know, those states would be at risk, too, for, for losing um, for losing those rights. So it is uh, <laughs> it is quite scary. And, and a majority of Americans, it's worth noting, do oppose reversing Roe. It's at least 60 percent of Americans. Um, so it's like another example of just like <laughs> going against what the electorate actually wants, what people actually want. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a reminder that just because we elected a Democrat president, he's, you know, not, he's doing some good things, some things that are <laughs> pretty hmm, bad, but just because <laughs> yeah. we elected a Democrat for president doesn't mean like things are, we're protected. You know, it's like, we've got Roe v. Wade on the table. We have all this legislation coming out against trans people. We have, you know, with with the the any power that the Democrats gained, you know, Republicans are trying to chip away at it with whatever means necessary. Um, you know, whether voter suppression to try to to wheedle out uh, Democrats being able to vote so that Republicans can win, and like you said, like uh, abortion is a huge is a huge issue for them, and they've been trying, they've been like sneaking and chipping away mm-hmm. at this for years. And now they've got the super majority and it very well could be, you know, could be the reversal. And, and we've got the thing about the Supreme court is they're justices for life. Uh, mm. so we've got some, uh, some time with these motherfuckers. Um, and it's very, and like, what if a Republican who is, anti-choice gets in the office after this is overturned you know then potentially states that protect it what happens there you know it's it's a very 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 um scary as an understatement uh it could be quite the the domino effect that brings us back so many years um and would cost women their lives would cost so much to so many people particularly low-income women um, mm-hmm. because if you're wealthy enough, you can go to another state or you can fly somewhere. But if you've got to go even the like 329 miles, you know, that someone that the average woman would have to go rather than 35 miles or 249 miles. Um, even that is a huge, is a huge difference. You know, if you don't have a car, not everywhere has great public transportation, um, and so you're left with, you know, people trying to commit abortions themselves, mm-hmm. um, which can end very, very badly with infection or hemorrhaging, um, things that can kill you and historically did kill people. Um, so it's just the stakes are so, so high. And it's almost I mean, we've been afraid of this for a while and it's almost surreal that it's possibly happening now and we're gonna have to wait you know mm-hmm. like a year to figure out <laughs> to see what's gonna happen um but the wheels are turning and uh it is a a frightening time to be an american for sure it's it is it's surreal um and just like you were saying i mean because i, I feel like it's important to reiterate because i've had this conversation with like liberal men before and reiterating how just how bad the access is actually right now, even though Roe is like quote unquote still like still protected. Mm-hmm. Um, 
200 to 300 miles. I mean, think about that. If you are a working mother who already like who already has kids, which the majority like it's some majority of women who are seeking an abortion um, already have children, and it's a you know it's a personal choice. Like, um, but so you have to find childcare. You have to get time off of work um, or get someone to cover your shifts. You have to, uh, in some cases, go and have an initial visit and an initial consultation, and there's a waiting period. You have like it's not just one one trip. Um, it's expensive. You have to get the funds together. And part of the frustrating irony of all this is that Republicans have bent over backwards and policymakers to make it more difficult, lots of different burdens for women to be able to actually access abortions. And then part of their argument for some of these bans is like, well, you should already know what kind of person are you if you didn't know you were pregnant by this point. And it's like, well, for a variety of reasons, but also because you've made it hard for people to actually access the procedure that they need. Um, and in, in so many instances too, there's there's uh, like clinics want you to wait a certain amount because it's, it's dangerous and ineffectual sometimes to do the procedure before it's a certain, before the, the cluster of cells is a certain size, because right. It could like lead to an ectopic pregnancy, which is dangerous. I was reading something like about that in, um, I'm scanning my tabs to see which one, which, where was it? I feel like it was an NPR discussion of just like one of the reasons why, um, you like, there are reasons why you have to actually wait you might know you're pregnant, but you have to wait a little bit longer. That also mm-hmm. came up in the movie Obvious Child, which is a great mm-hmm. movie about just the practicality of getting an abortion in Manhattan. Like it's, you know, just like it should just be normal. Yeah. <laughs> Normalized. You know, sometimes you have to get the money together for it. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, there are plenty of people who get pregnant accidentally who haven't, who didn't use contraceptives, but there's also contraceptives fail. Mm-hmm. Um, rape happens, non-consensual encounters. There's mm-hmm. whole manner of ways a woman um, or a person with a uterus can get pregnant um, without knowing right away, you know, that they have gotten pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, in Mississippi, which is where, you know, the case that is has sparked this uh, Supreme Court situation, there's mm-hmm. only one abortion mis- uh, clinic in Mississippi. Right. And there are no doctors in Mississippi willing to do abortions. So they have five out-of-state doctors that rotate through this clinic. Um, patients travel from hours and hours from small towns. Uh, I mean, Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the country. Um, and they have to go They go for counseling and then 24 hours later for the actual um, abortion. But yeah, there's one, literally one clinic in all of Mississippi. And they can't, there are no even in-state doctors to do to perform abortions there. And this is before Roe v. Wade is overturned. Um, hopefully it's not, but just speaking in the hypothetical. Yeah. Um, and the possible, the very possible <laughs> situation. And when um, they do go to these clinics, they are frequently, women are frequently harassed relentlessly by people who make it their entire job, <laughs> like nine to five, to go stand outside of these clinics and brutally harass the women who are going in for whatever reason, which by the way, some of these clinics are just getting reproductive health, you know, your health services, screenings, checkups. It's like regular reproductive health. And, um, 
you know, you just get harassed. Some women literally go to like while they're pregnant for like <laughs> the health of them and their babies too. It's like y'all need to fuck off. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like what is your what kind of how are you taking your religion to heart and the teachings of Jesus when you think the best thing you can do for your fellow man is to scream at somebody? Like if you mm-hmm. care about God's children, then I don't know, f- foster some kids or donate to organizations that work with with underserved children. Um, there are plenty of plenty of plenty of plenty of issues impacting children in this country. Um, you know, our foster care system is overrun. We have so many so many kids in need. We have low-income kids who don't have enough to eat. We have, you know, poorly funded schools. There's so many things that you can spend your time on if you care about kids. But you don't. You care about policing women because you've decided something. Um, You've made yourself God. And that's not very, um, it's not like what Jesus would do. You know, it's not very humble. Right. It's this it's this nauseating hypocrisy when it comes to speaking about life like you are God, like you are the authority on 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 the authority. And by the way, the protector of of life itself, when you've decided selectively that something is life and it's within your personal purview to reach into literally other people's bodies to make decisions for them. But what, what, what other issues have you decided these lives, they don't really matter to me. Are they maybe immigrant kids in cages or like adult immigrants who are fleeing brutal violence that we as a country helped kind of helped foster and promote in Central um, and South America are, what about masking? What about, you know, I'm wondering what the overlap, I know I'm a rhetorical fucking question, but like the overlap between people who are like, we'll just herd immunity will save us. Or like, I don't want anyone making a decision. I'm going to wear my mask. I don't like, you know, I, this is America. You can't tell me what to do with my mask. You're impringing on my freedom. It's like very rich that we've had to deal with like armed hicks in like different state houses across the country, like, you know, Michigan yelling and screaming and putting lots of people in danger because they decided not to wear masks while at the same time, a hundred percent of that group would say that they value the sanctity of life and that, um, you know, women that abortion is murder. It's like wild. Also a hundred percent of those people are probably pro the death penalty, the, the intentional government sanctioned killing of other human beings as a punishment. Yep. Yep. You know, it's like, we've got South Carolina bringing like firing squads back. Oh my god! I and saw that and I couldn't. I couldn't click on it. Ugh. Yeah, because I guess there's some sort of like issue with supply of lethal injections. Now they get to choose between electrocution and a firing squad. Um, but you'd have a lot of people who support that who would also say, you know, abortion's murder. So it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, hypocrisy there. You'd also Quite have interesting. Quite interesting. Quite. 
quite. You would also have, again, I feel that there's significant overlap between the All Lives Matter crowd, you know, the All Lives Matter crowd who, again, turn their backs on certain lives pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, you know, anti-choice movement. Um, There was this really interesting... um, article on medium by Gabrielle Blair in 2018, where she said, and so the headline is men cause hundred percent of unwanted pregnancies. Um, and it's a great, um, she said as, as a mother of six and a Mormon, I have a good understanding of arguments surrounding abortion, religious and otherwise. When I hear men discussing women's reproductive rights, I'm often left with a thought that they have zero interest in stopping abortion. If you want to prevent abortion, you need to prevent unwanted pregnancies. Men seem unable or unwilling to admit that they cause a hundred percent of them. Um, and she says she realizes it's a bold statement, but she, and it's a really interesting, like she goes through, <laughs> It's just a good article. Um, but she said, um, uh, shift the conversation, stop protesting at clinics, stop shaming women, stop debating whether or not to overturn abortion laws. If you actually care about reducing or eliminating the number of abortions in our country, simply hold men accountable for their actions. What would that look like? A real and immediate consequence for men who cause an unwanted pregnancy. What kind of consequence would make sense? Should it be as harsh, painful, nauseating, scarring, expensive, risky, and life-altering as forcing women to go through a nine-month unwanted pregnancy? If you consider abortion to be murder, consider this thought experiment. Would you be on board with having a handful of men castrated to prevent 600,000 murders each year? If this argument sounds too provocative, could it be that many of us have a hard time wrapping our heads around physical punishment for men? uh, We seem to be more than fine with physical punishment for women. Perhaps we care more about policing women's bodies, morality, and sexuality than we do about reducing or eliminating abortions. And here's another prevention idea. All males in the U.S. could get a vasectomy when they are ready to be sexually active. Vasectomies are safe and highly reversible and about as invasive as a woman getting an IUD implanted. In most cases, there's some soreness afterwards for about 24 hours, but that's pretty much it for side effects. Take a moment to remember that female contraceptive options used by millions of women in our country and billions across the world have well-known side effects, which can be brutal and severe, and yes, also include soreness. If and when a man becomes a responsible adult, finds a mate, and wants to have a baby, the vasectomy can be reversed and then redone once the childbearing stage is over. Um, so, yeah, snaps, snaps, and snips. I love it. Snaps and snips. So, yeah, that uh, check out that article if you want to read it. Just like a, a sassy oh. little on point. That is so on point and like great points, but like men will be like, what? It's, it reminds me of like in, I love Legally Blonde and Legally Blonde when she's like, any masturbatory, masturbatory emissions where the sperm is clearly not seeking an egg could be termed or yeah, termed reckless ab- abandonment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gas queen oh, Elle Woods was ahead Elle of her time. <laughs> yeah, I watched it recently and of course there were a few things where I was like, oh, this was made um, not, you know, this was made 20 years ago but overall it kind of fucking held up i'd say overall that's great yeah i really good to hear sidebar the sidiest of sidebars legally blonde still a terrific film (laughs) terrific film really enjoy it Uh, all right yeah yeah 
I guess. Uh, oh, and I just just one more thing just about that. it. As of May 16th, this is according to, I think, the Gutmaker Institute, um, 549 abortion restrictions um, have been um, introduced across 47 states, including 165 abortion bans. So this is happening at an absolutely head spinning pace. And courts and groups are emboldened because of the Trump, you know, because of the way that Trump stacked the courts in his favor. Um, nearly three in 10 of all federal active federal judges in the U.S. Um, were appointed by Trump. Um, he appointed over 200 federal judges. And that is in case anyone needs a reminder, because Mitch McConnell spent years with his primary objective of just blocking all of Obama's um, court appointees. And in one instance, he blocked um, he blocked a court, uh, a judge who was supposed to be um, in Amy Coney Barrett's spot. She died while she was waiting. It was a black woman. She died while she was waiting to be um, confirmed. Um, and Amy Coney Barrett was appointed in that spot. So oh. there's just this is a horrific, horrific legacy of Trump. And it, it should go without saying, but of course it doesn't, that anyone who thinks that you sound smart being extra cynical and saying like, well, really like two sides of the same coin, Democrats and Republicans, am I right? No, you are not. Because if Hillary Clinton had been president, we would have three liberal justices. We no. would have three liberal justices and we would have over 200 more federal court judges who were sympathetic to Roe and who were more left-leaning. So elections have consequences. They are, Democrats and Republicans are absolutely not the same, not two sides of the same coin. They make cynical, shitty decisions sometimes. We're seeing it with Joe Biden. He's, it's uninspiring and um, certainly frustrating to watch with Joe Biden and Joe Manchin, all the Joes and, you know, white women who are, you know, propping up misogyny where they absolutely have no right to. So, but they are not the same. And this is, and, and Roe being rolled back is going to be, is, is like the absolute, like just, just the exclamation point of that. They are not the same. No, different coins altogether. And like, (laughs) you can have your criticisms of Democrats and Joe Biden. I have a plenty, but to act as if, yeah, it's such a lazy, like, <laughs> they're just, it's all the same. No, it's not. There are valid criticisms to be made, surely. But it is such an overly simplistic, lazy, obnoxious, fucking privileged ass read to say that they're all the same. No, yeah. no. Different yeah. coins altogether. Yes, I'd like, coins. The, I'd like the coin I vote for to be like a little more progressive. But like, <laughs> I'm not going to just not vote or vote for the other coin because it's not the same because it's not the same. It's very different. Ugh. 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 Yeah. God. Different coin, different currency. Different currency. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. All right. And now for we see you. Now let's get riled up. <laughs> let's get real riled up. Oh, my goodness. Um, so earlier this year, um, you might have heard about Bartram Trail High uh, when there was a day where they had dozens of girls taken out of class um, and they had them unzip their fully zipped sweatshirts. They were wearing their sweatshirts zipped in front of other students and teachers to reveal if they had like tank tops or sports bras on. And if so, they were deemed in violation, Ugh. which is so like they're there have been plenty of days where I wear a hoodie 
with a sports bra under it and I don't like unzip my hoodie and run around in my sports bra. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's my right, but <laughs> it's just like sometimes I choose a hoodie as a shirt and it's not on you to fucking touch me for that. Um, but anyway, wow. really fucked up and humiliating and, and kind of shows like what Bartram Trail High is, what their vibe is. Um, so they decide to outdo themselves because the unzipping wasn't enough for them. And their yearbook uh, came out and they found that 80 of the students' portraits were digitally edited. Um, some of them like very, very, very poorly. So, uh, and they were all female students, these edited photos, and they were all edited to add more clothing to chests and shoulders. Um, and look this up, look at the photos and how <laughs> fucking ridiculous this is. Um, the school district said that they, the decision was made by the yearbook coordinator who was a teacher at the school who's decided that the photos were in violation of the school's dress code. Although it's interesting cause they weren't, um, you know, taken out of class or called out for violating the dress code. And if you look at the photos, there doesn't seem to be any sort of dress code violation happening. Um, <laughs> And the the photos that I saw were they there was nothing remotely inappropriate about them. Um, they were women or girls or I don't know how old they were, if they were seventeen or eighteen, but um, young ladies who had you know breasts, and there was a hint that they had breasts, and that must be covered by a poorly edited like flannel, like putting a sleeve over their fucking shoulder and chest. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the thing is, if you look elsewhere in the yearbook, there's the swim team with men, boys, and Speedos. Um, and I'm pretty sure they don't allow Speedos to be worn in the classroom. Um, and there's other photos in the yearbook that have uh, students outside of, um, not even outside of school, but doing their extracurricular activities, wearing clothes that are more revealing than in the, the yearbook photos themselves. Um so it's a pretty blatant sexist attempt to shame young women for, I don't know, having boobs and not wearing turtlenecks. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's 2021. When will this end? Will this ever end? And how humiliating for those girls to get their yearbooks. They paid $100 for apparently. <laughs> My God. And to see that they're photos were poorly edited like mm -hmm. for the most part if you look at the photos it's very 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 poorly done yeah. editing <laughs> it's not like oh they just adjusted the neckline a little bit which also would have been equally fucked up but they yeah. they made these like their senior photos humiliating yeah um, with no warning they just this creepy teacher was deciding that you know he was getting a boner from looking at them so must be something <laughs> wrong with the girls yeah um, so we see you. This is disgusting. I feel awful for those young ladies. And the school has fucking problems. We see yeah. You. Oh, God, we see you. I'm so glad you did that one. There was like looking at those photoshopped, you know, oh, just seeing the like flannel one. The flannel one. Yes, exactly. It's like, like it's a fucking like, <laughs> sleeve. Just like this is shirt. No. No, no. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's awful. And I just, yes. I mean, the humiliation of these poor girls, they should all get their money back. They should have to redo the whole yearbook at the school's expense. Mm -hmm. They should like, I don't, you know, slap them with a lawsuit. It's just so fucked up. Like, Honestly. And they can get their money back, but only if they return the yearbook. Oh my God. Just like I'm sure already written in. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, you already got your hags messages. Oh it's my God. Like, 
God. Unbelievable. So your choice is no yearbook of your senior year or yearbook that like shames you for having boob. Like, great. Oh, great God. Florida. Way to Florida. Florida. Yeah. Well, I have a um another body shaming from Florida we see you. Ugh, um to quote my mom, who actually emailed me this story and the one the the one that you just did as potential we see you earlier this week. Yes, hi. <laughs> she was the subject line was, um, "What is this body shaming week?" <laughs> um, <laughs> Tell them, Pat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this one is in um, Bradenton, Florida, at Braden River High School, where. Um, a poor 17-year-old girl who had a fucking sunburn decided, okay, this bra feels like too constricting, so I'm not going to wear a bra today, but I'm going to wear like a big, baggy, oversized crew neck t-shirt so that no one is like looking at my chest. Um, but apparently, like pretty soon into her school day, uh, she was called out of the classroom, um, by two to meet with two school officials. Um, and they asked her why she wasn't wearing a bra and she told them about the sunburn. Then they said she's violating the school dress code, but the 2017 to 2018 code of conduct does not say that bras must be worn by female students. Um, so, mm, not even a rule, but they said she was violating um, the code of conduct and they told her to put on an undershirt because boys were, quote, looking and laughing at her. Um, and so later uh, she said that, no, no one was looking and laughing at her. Like no one said a thing to me until I was in the dean's office. So and I would have been aware of someone like looking and laughing at me. Yeah. Teenage girls are aware when someone's <laughs> laughing at them. Yep. Yeah. Looking or laughing. We seem to we seem to notice both. Um but she was crying. She wanted to go home and she called her mom, who is a registered nurse. Um, and she basically, the mom said, I'm working. Can you just put the undershirt on and call it a day? Um, <laughs> um, but so she was embarrassed and angry. This is according to the New York Times, but she put on the undershirt um, and the dean instructed her to stand up and move around for her. And oh. like with this undershirt on and Lizzie said, I looked at her and said, what do you mean? I was a little creeped out by that. The school has a strict disciplinary policy. And so she didn't want to appear, appear defiant. Um, so she said she did. And then the Dean told her that her nipples were still showing through her t-shirt and that she should use bandages to cover them up. Following that comment up with quote, I'm thinking of ways I could fix this for you. I was a heavier girl. I have all the tricks up my sleeve. Oh God! Who hurt you? <laughs> it's like honestly, every single part of that is its own horrendous anecdote that I'm sure would like st scar me for life. I mean, I remember every comment that anyone, and there have been many comments that like women, some like through all ages, have made that say, "I, I used to like, I used to be chunky too. I was thicker. I, I get it. You know, they're women." I mean, Yes, I know I have like some, you know, <laughs> extra pounds, but like no one wants to be called out on that. Least of all, a, a fucking teenage girl at school by a, an authority figure. So she was given adhesive bandages, four adhesive bandages, and they had her X oh. out her nipples. <laughs> On her God. sunburned, already humiliated uh, body. That sounds so <laughs> painful. They should yeah. sue the school for like abuse. 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, she this was a whole shit show and she called her her mom the second time. Her mom was like, all right, (laughs) I suppose I can leave work for this. (laughs) I can't even imagine I would be rip shit. I'm sure my mom would have done the same thing, like been like, I mean, you like (laughs) enjoy being in litigation for years, you disgusting, creepy petty people um so yeah this is uh this is a major we see you again just along the lines of like why are we all about humiliating women teenage girls it's already an incredibly sensitive time and it's always putting this the onus of like sexual like their, their sexuality which like they cannot help on them and it's like never focus it never focuses on guys what their responsibility needs to be and also just is just a culture of 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 shaming that um i hope that we're going to be moving out of soon um i think it seems like there's more and more ag- advocacy and then the and the outcry gets louder and louder around these issues so i'm hopeful that hopefully these these fucking stupid stories out of florida will cease soon we see you <laughs> we see you Jesus. yeah and if there were there were in this scenario but like if there were boys like laughing yeah. at a girl's boobs like why aren't the boys in trouble Right. Good question. Being little fucking creeps. Why Did is she you? in the dean's office jumping around? Like, oh, <laughs> fuckers. Oh my God. All right. Yuck. <sighs> Chip and Joanna Gaines. Oh. It's been, it's been real, you two. I enjoyed you, but. <laughs> so last June, they uh, appeared on the, they were on the YouTube show um, called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man to talk about race. Um, and Chip, fucking Chip, uh, said that having those conversations was exactly what we need to do for this exact time. And that month, the Gaines has donated um, a bunch of money to racial justice organizations like the um, the NAACP in Waco, the Thurgood Marshall College Fund. And they said that they had plans to implement diversity and inclusion training for their employees. So, like, that was great. We're like, great. Way to go. Way to learn. Way to learn. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Um, but... They did whoopsie. Uh, There's a candidate for school board in Grapevine, Texas, Shannon Braun, who is the sister of Chip Gaines. Um, They both donated $1,000 to support her campaign. And uh, the problem with that is uh, one of her big platforms is that she wants to ban uh, critical race theory. Um, she says she'll vote down anything and everything that further promotes critical race theory in our school district and actively work to remove all critical race theory. She says it's the single most divisive threat in education. So she's got some some firm words. And I and just a, a minute ago, I mentioned how uh, the Gaineses said that they were going to implement diversity inclusion training for their employees. Yet, mm. yet here they are donating a couple grand to someone who wants to take that away from students. Um, and uh, what critical race theory is, it's like an academic framework. It's based on the idea that racism is a social construct embedded in our laws and institutions. Um, and conservatives are hating this. They're hating this because uh, <laughs> it points out that like white privilege is a thing. And hey, maybe some of our systems need some work. I don't know. They and feel they, attacked. They and feel one might attacked. say they want to cancel it. They don't like it. Um, it's like chip fucking chip you clueless motherfucker he like it's his sister and so some people were like yeah it's his sister what's he supposed to do i don't know have a conversation 
with her about what's wrong with that. Mm. Um, it's just like you learn nothing. You like you went on this show. You, you said the right things, and then you showed you have no backbone. That you didn't actually learn anything. Um, and that any money you donated, uh, like I'm glad they donated the money they did to the NAACP and the Thurgood Marshall Fund, but it was clearly all for fucking show because now they're turning around and doing something that harms, um, you know, students of color and all students, but particularly students of color. Um, I mean, it harms white students and then it makes them shittier people, <laughs> but yeah. harms students of color in that they are, you know, actually uh, discriminated against Mm -hmm. um so you know and joanna Gaines is she's half korean and half lebanese um and they have kids together so it's just like kind of a bum bum that they're raising (laughs) these mixed race children and are just being complete motherfucking cowards and uh apparently they're also members of a church that's anti-gay marriage um which i just learned as well so Jeez. Double we see you. I mean, and they have this like we're in the we're a wholesome, great family vibe on their show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're they're uh, they're not they're not who I thought they were. I mean, Chip seems like kind of a dipshit. But mm. anyway, I digress. We see you to both Chip and Joanna Gaines. We see you, you guys. Ugh, you guys. <laughs> I mean, also, as we record, um, meant to say this at the top, but it's the one year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Um, and there ha- are a lot of um, important reflections that are kind of people are on, you know, throughout, throughout the interwebs are having about, um, you know, performative allyship and Black Lives Matter movement, um, you know, what what has been effective in the last year versus, you know, for a lot of corporations, like what did they pledge to do? And then how much money did they actually spend trying to make things better? And it seems like, you know, throughout the year, things just got worse and more inflamed, like in, in, a, in a negative way. There's all this talk, uh, critical race theory. One of my WCUs was actually almost that Nicole Hannah-Jones, who is a professor and writer, the like author of the 1619 Project, She was denied tenure at um, UNC where she has studied and taught for a long time and had put together a very compelling package for her tenure. Um, And it was blocked by the board of directors because of like her 1619 project and critical race theory. And it's just like, you know, for, for, for the, for for right-leaning people who are constantly bleeding about cancel culture the consequences of of speaking about race in an, on, an honest way and trying to have new constructs with critical race theory, um, really, and you know, for and that journalist from the AP who was fired this week because she retweeted a couple of like pro Palestinian or like bare, you know, barely pro Palestinian um, things. Uh, you know, the people who are getting canceled. It's not happening on the right. It's not happening. It's it actually ends up happening to people on the left. Um, so whatever. It's like a total meaningless conversation. But anyway, we see you. Okay, that was a rant. That was that wasn't even a rant. I did text you earlier this week saying or last week saying it feels like there were like a lot of we see yous um, potentially. Yeah. There were some naughty naughty people. Um, but okay, all right. So my okay, my next we see you is. Um, 
to uh, the brutality of um, President Lukashenko in, of Belarus. He is a dictator. He's um, the only real dictator of um, a European country. Um, but so this this needs to be like screamed from the rooftops. This is another thing where I'm like, wh- why hasn't Biden like said more? I mean, Jen Psaki said more. But anyway, so um, Roman Protasevich, um, this uh, Belarus activist, um, was making his way with his girlfriend from Greece to um, Lithuania, and he and Belarusian fighter jets um, basically forced this Ryanair public plane, not in Belarus, but they forced this plane to land in Belarus um, right as it was, they were kind of descending into Lithuania and um, the, uh, the flight um, made an abrupt change of course, because according to the transcript, um, the air traffic controllers uh, from the Belarusian ministry told the pilot, quote, you have a bomb on board and it can be activated over Vilnius, which is the city that they were going to be landing in, in uh, Lithuania. So even though the plane was closer to Vilnius than um, the Belarus capital, uh, the pilot was told to divert to Minsk. And so at 9.47, the pilot declared an emergency. Um, and the so they had to land in Minsk and a military jet escorted the plane to the airport. So they were like, this was a hijacking. This is being described accurately as a hijacking on an international level um, to capture and torture and perhaps indefinitely imprisoned, but maybe even kill this activist, this opposition activist to uh, Lukashenko, who has been in power for a very long time in Belarus. And you might remember he was making the news last year because there was a lot of actual protests happening actively and that he, it was, it was likely that he definitely lost the election. He just rigged it against, uh, against his, um, uh, the opposition. And then the woman who, definitely would have won in a, in a, if in a fair and free, free and fair election, she was forced to flee. So it's a dictatorial regime in Belarus. And this is this latest move, hopefully will spark a major international incident because we can't just be having planes being diverted from their course, um, like a public plane, a Ryanair plane from Greece to Lithuania. Um, this is like the, I mean, it's a hijacking. It's utterly unacceptable. It shouldn't be. And I think what kind of freaks me out the most about this um, is that they felt that they could, like Lukashenko and Belarus, with the under the cover and the protection of Putin and Russia, because they're those two regimes are tight. Felt that they could do this without any real repercussions from the international community. That that needs to that needs to not be a thing. There needs to be real repercussions for this like instantaneously. And I want to see this journalist freed and his girlfriend freed ASAP. This is very scary. The, um, the, this journalist, um, 
appeared in a video clip released yesterday saying that he was in good health and appeared to confess to crimes that he had been charged with by the Belarusian state. But he looks like he's been it it looks like he's under duress. He has like things on his face. It looks like he's been tortured. Um, And yeah, it's just really sad because the couple was returning from a holiday in Greece um, and he's 23 years old and now he's in a a Minsk jail. Um, and it's really sad. The last word that the um, Sofia Sapega, who's um, Russian, his Russian girlfriend, the last word she wrote on her WhatsApp messaging account was mummy um, before she was also um, placed under arrest. Um, and this is really this is really scary. And I there was another incident of a diverted plane in Africa where the guy who was the main character in hotel Rwanda, I'm missing, I'm forgetting his name, but this caused a kerfuffle earlier last year where one of his political rivals, um, diverted a plane and cap and was able to capture him. Um, and I'm just kind of like, I don't like this whole diverting of planes guys. Like planes should be, should land where they're supposed to land unless there's an actual emergency, not some sort of like hijacking of air traffic control and threats of bombs. It's to capture political dissidents. This is just very upsetting. The shit that happens with like the shit that I hear about with Russia and Belarus is really, um, really disturbing. So just to, um, Belarus and the, dictator um lukashenko god damn it like we see you yeah that's um quite frightening yeah it's sort of happening now it's just sort mm-hmm. of a thing interesting um, <laughs> yeah all right moving over to alabama all right. oh. uh, <laughs> so the f- first kind of good well it's a good We'll see. So <laughs> Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed a bill to allow public schools to offer yoga. There was a ban that had stood there for 30 years of um, yoga in public schools because Christian conservatives said that it would open the door for people to be converted to Hinduism. <laughs> um, so like good, it's reversed because that's very stupid um, and racist and um yeah, it's also like Hinduism isn't like a religion that like really tries to convert people anyway. And even like if okay, like y'all stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the only way the Alabama Senate would agree to this um, allowing yoga as an extracurricular in school <laughs> was if they imposed restrictions on it. Um, so they can't say Namaste. They can't do any sort of chanting. There can be no use of ma- uh, mandalas. <laughs> There's no guided imagery. Absolutely not. No visualization. No. Um, and then, yes, it says namaste greetings shall be expressly prohibited. It also requires English names be used for all poses and exercises. Mm. Um, only English names. And any student who is going to do yoga needs a patient or patient, a parent's permission slip. Um, which you don't need for like just like PE and stuff, but for this, this dangerous activity with guided imagery, um, you need a parent's permission slip. Jeez. So it's just it's so blatantly just like racist and stupid. Um, the the practice of yoga is good for physical health, for mental and emotional health, um, and part of it is you know the use of things like guided Im- imagery um, and like the need for english names for poses like mm-hmm. 
little little blatant there, buddies. Yeah, little blatant there, um, which also takes away from like the learning portion of it. You yeah. know, like it could be an opportunity to learn about another culture, learn about the origins of yoga. But that's too scary for the Christian conservatives uh, in the Alabama Senate who are very scared that this all this rampant yoga in the schools will <laughs> cause these children to become practicers of hinduism oh god no like also it's like okay if you want to like practice hinduism like do it but like it's not as if there's gonna be this massive conversion because they let you do fucking yoga in school um yeah it's just it's ridiculous it's unnecessary we have enough of this kind of shit in the world like let them say namaste let them have their guided imagery let them live their fucking lives um i'm glad yoga's back it's ridiculous it was banned for 30 years like what a move yeah Um, so we see you to the alabama senate get your shit together calm down you need to do a little yoga you need to meditate you need to relax you need to you need to relax oh oh my god all right this last we see you um of mine is kind of a more personal one, um, anecdotal, if you will. Um, and I realize at the outset of this, it's, um, definitely a bougie first world problem thing happening in my, in my area here. But, um, I do think it's important because it's sort of like, we talk about believing women, we talk about, um, uh, I don't know, being, being effect, an effective like ally or, and, and a good, good citizens, good humans and, and standing up for people, even when it's like uncomfortable or inconvenient. And this is not, not really like, it's not that I'm actually inconvenienced in a big way by this, but it definitely kind of shook my world, which is that, um, I Typically, I go to the same market to get natural wine and there's a cute little boutique shop and there's a meat, there's like a meat shop and there's just like in, in this is like just in, in Capitol Hill in Seattle, there's a market where there's all these lovely little just boutiques and it's small and it's and it has been a place that I've really enjoyed going, like it's walking distance from my apartment. So over the last three years, I've found a lot of solace and, and had really good times walking there and, um, like moseying around and getting little things and spending too much money accidentally on something dumb. But, um, I, it, it came to my attention, um, that the person who runs the wine bar in that, in that plate, in the, in this market, um, is a sexist, racist, abusive asshole. Um, and it was really hard to kind of come to terms with this past week for me because both I and my boyfriend and a friend of mine who goes there and we all had what I thought was a really like nice cordial personal relationship with this guy because he he owns the he owns this wine bar and he has sold us natural wines um all through the pandemic he's been kind of like one of those people that we've seen just because we go there we get natural wine and as other natural wine places had popped up we were like we're loyal to this guy he's our guy you know um and we found out that this other, this woman who has a small business and she would do a pop-up juice bar. Um, uh, she posted, um, about some really, um, unacceptable texts and abuse that this guy, this owner, I'm not going to name names, but you know, it's just like she posted, um, 
texts that he sent her where he said things like use your black magic, I guess, and go the fuck on um, move your black girl magic project elsewhere. May I suggest the quote BLM community of greater morons that lack everything quote any who fuck off then. Um, which on its own was like a super disturbing, you know, it was a disturbing sort of text to read. And this woman said, um, you know, he, that this guy has negatively affected her business and personal well-being. Um, and um, he uh, filed legal action against her and has been hostile and made her life and her business um, personally very difficult, but um, that she's now found a better spot. Thank goodness. But her speaking out through her speaking out, um, I was able to sort of follow along. And in the comments, there were a lot of women who were commenting that they had similar problems with this man and that it seems like it's been an open secret that this guy has been an abuser who people have taken to court and gotten restraining orders against since 2004. Wow. So he's been permitted to just be kind of like... A business owner who who has been gaslighting and abusing women, um, not to mention making like racist, demeaning statements towards like you know the BLM community and this this woman, um, and so there. And then we saw someone else, another woman, posted a whole bunch of text messages, like obscene harassment text messages that he sent. You know, she had the receipts from 2019, and it's one of those things where you just notice, like, like my stomach just was like. Oh, turning because I was already feeling so bad for this woman who owns her her pop up juice shop and the harassment that he was obviously that he obviously was inflicting on her, and then to see another woman post all of this vile stuff that he you know and, and obviously he she had she says like you know please read my email I'm not interested and in, please don't contact me again I, I you know I just please respect my boundaries you know and he proceeds to send unhinged message after message after message vile shit um, so. You know, these women were really brave in speaking out. Um, I, it really pains me. It really is like, it really fucked with me just thinking like, wow, this guy who I've financially, you know, supported for a long time and like had, you know, I thought that he was fine. You know, I didn't think, you know, maybe a little weird, like, I don't know, sometimes like um, there, but overall, if you had asked me, is this guy like an abuser or a racist? I mean, no would be my answer, obviously, because I wouldn't frequent something like that. But just reading it, I did want to acknowledge, too, just that there's like this, even when this woman posted receipts, you know, she posted her text messages. And, you know, this is a black woman business owner who I met because I remember, you know, going and having some of her (laughs) some of her juice from the pop up like in January or something. And but there is this like knee jerk, like you, you're just your body, your whole body resists against it for a second. Or at least for me, there was like, there was a second where I stood there and I like looked at her post and I looked at the text. And I was just like, I wonder if like, well, if he filed legal action against her, like maybe she did something, you know, but then it's you know, reading it it kind of the moment passes and you're just like, no, there's no way because even if she did say something, nothing justifies, first of all, like with no other context, nothing justifies that type of like a racist dismissive, go take your black girl magic elsewhere. Like, no, I don't want to associate with anyone who is ever going to text that 
I don't care if she threw a chair at you, (laughs) like, you know, Um, but I, I was, I just kind of wanted to bring this. It's like on a personal note, I'm not going to, I'm partially not naming names because this guy has my number and he knows where I live because he's dropped off natural wine for us. Like, I can't, I don't oh, want to call him out because he. I was like, why? Yeah. He, <laughs> Name he him. Has, but yeah. He knows where I live. He has my number. It's like, oh my God. And it just, it's sad to me. It's another, it's just like a sad thing where you lose. Like I lose my natural wine shop and like this cute little bar that used to be a respite. I really liked going there for a glass of wine. Um, I really have enjoyed the wine that he would recommend. And now it all seems it's all ruined. It's all bitter. It's, 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 and it just is a reminder that there's like, I don't know, there are a lot of bad people out there. And I think in the restaurant industry, there's just so much ugly shit that happens that gets swept under the rug, under the rug, under the rug. I mean, this man had a successful wine business, which I hope, I hope he will be challenged by. And, and in this, in this moment, although I don't know, because if I wasn't on Instagram and if actually, if I, if my friend hadn't followed this juice bar i wouldn't have even known about it probably even now so i don't know if there's going to be any repercussions for him but it makes me really sad it's just a it's a we see you to the racist sexist disappointment in my life so to that guy we see you yeah sounds like you've got some new natural wine places to check out though that'll (laughs) be fun (laughs) that will be fun (laughs) All right. So our good thing. Yeah. Um, we both were like, yes. Um, <laughs> you might have seen the the viral clip by the band, the Linda Lindas, um, some young gals. They made a song called Stupid Racist Boy and it, it slaps um, based <laughs> off of a stupid racist boy who had some um, some stupid racist things to say to a young Chinese American girl. Um, so it was great. It's like, it, like I said, it slaps great message, girl power here for it. Yes. Um, and after that went viral, now they've been signed uh, with a record deal. Yeah. So like, love that for them. Love that for them. Makes me so happy. Yeah. Just, check it out. Yes. If you haven't checked it out yet, check out the Linda Lindas. The Linda Linda. Racist boy. And you pointed out and realized that they were featured in, the movie Moxie, which we discussed on on our pod. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that either until yeah, Twitter. Twitter knows everything. Twitter knows all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, check out the Linda Lindas. It'll make you feel really happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, on a final note, Feminist Without Mystique is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love. Frolic.media/slash such a sexy tone. Like, oh, you like to yeah. follow. <laughs> <laughs>